and submit to his will in all things, as the angels do in heaven. Some preliminary thoughts and comments on this uh, is this is in because of our church context that we have in the Upper Highway area and how it has been influenced by uh, theology from the United States. The the phrase an earth in earth or on earth as it is in heaven has become a significantly misused uh, phrase that has come to mean something like uh, when we see miracles, uh, then heaven is coming to earth or something like that. Uh, this is a serious misunderstanding of what this prayer uh, to to God the Father is about. Now, in the previous week, we, we talked about uh, 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 God's kingdom coming to earth. And by that and his and things being done on earth as they are in heaven, what that's talking about is that God's will is done in the same way, so as the Catechism says, as the angels do in heaven. So in heaven, God's creatures know, obey, and submit to his will in all things. In our present age on earth, believers are being renewed by the Holy Spirit and are growing in obedience and submission and knowledge of God's will, but we all know on a daily basis that we do not perfectly do God's revealed will. But in the new heavens and the new earth, we will. And so this prayer of God's will being done in earth as it is in heaven is in connection with his kingdom coming. When his kingdom comes to full fruition, when the new creation is fully consummated, we will know, obey, and submit to God's will perfectly. So this is a, a directly cor- uh, correlates to the prayer that God's kingdom would come. So let's have a look at what we mean by uh, God's will. Scripturally, there are two broad categories for, for God's will. Uh, the secret things and the revealed things. Uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29 uh, says... The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So what this is saying is, in God's law, he reveals his, his will that people would conduct themselves by. Uh, we all know that lots of people don't obey God's law. Uh, including believers, but primarily unbelievers, are set in, in total opposition to, to God's revealed will. And uh, the works of the, the, the devil, uh, all of these things are directly contrary to what God has revealed as his will. Namely, that we should love and obey him, that we should uh, serve him with our whole hearts and minds and soul and strength and so on. Uh, that doesn't mean that God's will is not ultimately accomplished because there's God's secret will. And God's secret will refers to what we don't actually know God has decreed. But it still comes to pass. Uh, right at the beginning of uh, the catechism set of questions, the shorter catechism, but also in, in the Westminster Confession of Faith uh, proper, We learn that God does whatever he pleases. 
because he's God. The scriptures say our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Uh, who can stay his hand? None can thwart his will. So on. So we have all of these scriptures that say God does whatever he wants to do. Everything that he has determined to do will be done. That includes things that are in opposition to his revealed will. So a good, a good example of this is always, it was a sin for the, uh, for the Jews to crucify Christ. It was a sin. But it was God's will to crush him. So what they did was evil and against God's revealed will, but it was God's decreed will that these things would happen for a purpose. So we can't know, as the scripture says, the secret things belong to the Lord. We can't know what God's secret will is. We can only know what his revealed will is. The way we can know, in one sense, his secret will is when it happens. So each, as, uh, as um, Williamson says here, when you read the newspaper from the previous day, the, the newspaper today, which is of yesterday's news, you can know what God's will was, what his secret will was, because those are the things that happened. But we can't look into the future of God's secret will. And there are very strong prohibitions against doing this in the scripture. Uh, that's why all use of the occult, you know, witchcraft, uh, fortune-telling, divination, necromancy, all of these things are, are forbidden because the realm of God's secret knowledge is not for us at all. One or two objections that people raise to that is the fact that there do seem to be uh, certain aspects uh, or examples in the scriptures where people do come to know God's future will, and that's namely through prophecy and through dreams and visions and things like that. We, of course, uh, in the scriptures, that means these things happen, but it, that is actually God making known his secret will as, a, as his revealed will, because he, he, he's telling the people this information. And it's for certain offices, the office of prophet and things like that, maybe the odd king here and there, whatever. So God is doing certain things at, at different parts of redemptive history. But we who have the scriptures, where now we have uh, an end of continuing, there's no continuing revelation because God is not doing anything new that he needs to explain. Uh, the only thing we know about um, a, a God's will is what is revealed to us in the scriptures. So we, we, don't make, we don't make use of fleeces and the rolling of dice and uh, fortune tellers and tarot cards and all of these kinds of things because these, these directly violate the fact that God has said his, his will is hidden and he's got a hidden and secret will. And that works itself out in what we call providence, how, how God rules his creation. So we will, we will come to know what his secret will was. But as believers, we are to obey his revealed will. And he's given us his spirit in order to enable us to, to walk in obedience. And when we, do, when we do what he has required of us in his, in his revealed will, that, that is the extent of our responsibility before God. So this can make a major difference 
in the levels of anxiety that people tend to feel as they think about their future. Let's say you have a couple of options before you for a new job. Now, what job does God want me to choose? That is a, that is a partly correct and partly problematic question. Because if you mean by that, which one of these jobs offers something that uh, is going to contribute uh, to the world? Is there anything wicked about one of these jobs that I must definitely not do it? You know, those are, those are good questions. But if, the, if what you mean by uh, which one does God want me to do, which of these is God's secret will for me to do? Unfortunately, that information is not available to you. So to try and figure it out is going to be an, an, a stressful uh, experience. It's not in the realm of what God has said he will do for his people. Rather, we use the wisdom that's given to us by God. And if we lack wisdom, we should ask and he will, he will give it. Um, and we, so we, we take counsel. The Proverbs teach us a lot about actually how to make these kind of decisions. Uh, we don't put out a fleece uh, and we don't try and uh, consult mediums and all of that kind of thing we any any option that that uh, uh, we can do uh, that we can serve the lord in and not sin is a good thing and we just need to be wise about how we choose between alternatives which is why the scriptures say whatever your hands find to do do it as if working for the lord you know to glorify him that whatever your hands find to do means there's lots of options and it's, it's not what your hands are doing in your job. It's not your exact job. It's that you're seeking to glorify God. So as much as people may want to think that Christian piety, that real godliness means only ever doing what God secretly wants us to do, that's a, that's a different way of life than what God has actually chosen for us to have, which is he has made us in his image and given us uh, wisdom and so on. And we need to make wise choices and uh, trust that you know man plans ways in his heart but the lord will direct his steps that's something we can be confident in okay any questions on or thoughts or reflections on that so far so god has a plan for you but you can't know uh, all aspects of what that, the, that, that plan is. That you, you can't know. Like I had no idea when I was 10 that God's plan for me involved living in Sweden for a year. I couldn't know that until I was living in Sweden. And then I was like, behold, God's plan is currently for me to be living in, in Sweden. So it is an important question because, we, we, because God has a secret will, that means he has a plan for your life. But the way in which we relate to God's plan is not that we are part of uh, forming it by having knowledge and then making it happen, but rather he will be working these things out uh, for us. We, all we are called to do is to obey his revealed will, which is to love God, to love our neighbors, uh, to repent of our sin and trust in Christ and all of that sort of thing. Is that getting into a question? Or? Uh, it does, but uh, it leads to another one. Yeah. Um, I, I understand that because God has secret will, uh, we won't know what that might be. But is there a specific scripture that does definitely say that God has a very definite plan for each person's life? 
So Jeremiah 29, like there, you know, through the prophet Jeremiah, the, the Lord is particularly obviously talking about uh, his covenant with Israel. But the, the point is, as his, as his creatures, uh, there's, you know, there's nothing that happens in the universe that's beyond God's control. And so by very definition, that means he is ordering uh, and and especially things like in uh, Romans 8, that he's working all things out uh, for our good. Uh, that means that part of, part of his, his plan involves our ultimate flourishing. Not necessarily in this life because we may be martyred, <laughs> but in the, in the ultimate sense. Uh, that's, that's certainly true. What was coming to mind for you, Antonio? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find it. <clears throat> it's... it's uh... One of the Thessalonians, the will of God for you is your sanctification. Your sanctification. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the will of God for you is sanctification. The other one is that the um, will of God is for you to have faith in Jesus. Right. But if you mean so, it, in so uh, when when so it, it all de- depends. So we relate to God's uh, will in a particular way because we are creatures. So if you let's use a common example, like um, in circles I grew up Christian wise, people were always talking about finding the one, like how they were going to find their wife, like this one person that God had for them. Now that is from God's perspective, there is. A person that he has for them and but that is going to be the person they marry <laughs> so from their, their perspective thinking that you've got to go around like and and figure out which was the person uh, that that God had for you that's that's not, and then you marry them no it's actually the one you marry to relative to you becomes that's your one uh, so if you if you tried to get behind uh, God's Knowledge uh, to find your way around life—that's uh, not really relating to, to God as a as a creature at all. Uh, yeah, so that part of His secret knowledge, uh, secret will, and His providence is a is His purview as Creator, and so it's it's something that we will never actually ultimately share. Like I know some people say, when we get to heaven, we'll know everything that God knows. It's not actually true because we, we don't transform from being humans. We remain humans, so which means we don't share in his omniscience and we don't even know what he knows the same way he knows it because he's God and we're, we're creatures. Um, but yes, so in, but he is watching over every detail um, of, of your life in that sense. Welcome. Morning. About the scripture. Oh, yes. 1 okay. Thessalonians 4 verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Okay. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3. Okay. Okay. And uh, another point. So these, um, these wills are, are 
are different in one sense, as we've talked about, uh, because one is what God has determined will happen, and the other is what God publishes to all creation in terms of what's required uh, of them. One is always done, which is his, his will of decree, his, his secret will, but that will, published will of what, we, of what is required of his creatures is not always done. But they are related uh, because, so they, they're different in a sense, but they're not completely distinct. Uh, there's not, not as if there's nothing in common between, between the two because part of uh, God's ultimate will is that he uses things that are contrary to his will and people's actions to accomplish his will and our good. So that's, that's how... Uh, Joseph can say something to his brothers like, you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. That's what it means to be God, that God in his sovereignty can even ordain things to happen that are contrary to his revealed will, i.e. are sinful, but still benefit his people and accomplish his purposes in the world. So that, that, on the one hand, should make us amazed at God's majesty and power, but then also amazed at his grace that the people who are part of his covenant, he will bless them even by the cursing and wickedness of our and his opponents. And that's the kind of God that we, that's, that's the kind of God that we serve, um, who, who is, he has that much power, but he uses his power to bless his people, even through the wickedness of others. Okay, and then let's just uh, wrap up and we'll, we'll go there. So uh, we mentioned it briefly, but um, the wrong ways to know God's will are to try and get behind what we've been told to find his, his secret will, to share in this omniscience that God has well, no. As as creatures, we will never share that kind of knowledge because it's part of what makes God God, and we are creatures, not the Creator. So the wrong ways to seek God's will are to to use mechanisms as if they can divine what God's will is for our lives. Everything we need for life and godliness has been revealed to us in the Scriptures, and. Everything that we need in order to do that will has been given to us in the Holy Spirit, uh, who without measure is able to uh, uh, transform us so that we more and more are walking in his ways. That's why as we say that prayer of repentance is that we would repent and turn from our sin and we ask God for his help to walk in his ways. And you know, that is a prayer that you can be guaranteed that God will answer in the affirmative that by his spirit he would help you to walk in his ways uh, for the glory of his name. And since his principal concern in, in, his, in creation is that he would glorify himself through the redemption of his people, part of the redemption of his people in this age is their sanctification, that they would be more and more like Christ. And so it both is for our good and for, our and for God's glory that we are transformed from glory to glory in the image of Jesus Christ. So, let's pray. Father, we do thank you that you have n not left us wondering what your will is for us, but have, have published it uh, to us in the scriptures, and it is proclaimed to us each Lord's Day. 
And so help us to accept and submit to your providence, even where it is difficult, even where, as Job said, he finds, uh, his wife said, well, curse God and, and die. And uh, he said, well, what I find myself in in blessing, how can I bless God and, and not from the, at the same time uh, accept whatever else comes from his hand? We ask that you would help us to submit to your will. And we can do this because we know that you are good and are working all things out for our good. So help us to be satisfied with what you have made known to us and help us to walk in your ways for the glory of your name. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name who is able to save. Amen. Amen.